Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for July the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. That ought to be the political religion of our nation. Welcome to the broadcast that is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time for ride day. And Dr. Well, the good doctor's in the house. Dr. Scott Bradley. Yes, he's a doctor of all things moral, religious. We reject politics, all things of great consequence. Dr. Bradley, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you very much. Always good to be with you guys and uh, be able to share a few thoughts. So let's uh, let's see where we're going today. Always I got so much it'll surprise. shock you. <laughs> we want to talk about the co-co-vax, ladies and gentlemen. They're getting even more out of control than ever before. Dr. Bradley's website, To Preserve the Nation, is his book and uh, collegiate series. Freedomsizingsun.com, the website. A uh, headline says this, Dr. Bradley, multiple parents sue. They have now filed lawsuits against Washington, D.C. for allowing children to receive vaccinations without parental knowledge and or consent, sir. This is absolute, flat-out, blatant criminal behavior. When you don't have parental knowledge or consent and you're forcing these uh, body-changing experimental uh, toxins uh, on children... I mean, these people need to be flat-out arrested, sir. This is over-the-top crazy. Well, absolutely, and in fact, um, I mean, we could go down this path quite a ways, it seems to me. But Let's do but, it. But uh, this, is, this is exactly what's happening in Africa with, uh, you know, all these little black kids that are being vaccinated by criminal uh, international organizations that are complicit in, in taking these horrific things to these children in Africa that have very, very... Bad downsides. It's almost like they think that they're um, something less than human, and they can uh, experiment on them all they want. But if we go back to uh, the post uh, World War II era and the horrific uh, human experimentation that happened medically under monsters like Dr. Josef Mengels and the uh, Nuremberg trials that resulted from that, and the um, uh, resulting Nuremberg Code that came out in 1947. It's 10 points. People should look it up and, and check it out. Uh, but the point number one has to do with informed consent. And, uh, and certainly a child, uh, in every way, shape, and form, in any sense that you look at it, uh, the child is not considered competent to be able to make those kinds of decisions. And yet the megalomaniacs that we have running this uh, agenda-driven run for tyranny are sidestepping everything, including this international protocol called the Nuremberg Code that has to do with uh, human experimentation. They say, well, what is this? This is, a, this is something the government helped get it out, so it's not an experiment. Oh, yes, it is. It's uh, put out by a, 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 an 
just basically a decree that says because it's emergency, it's called the emergency use authorization, we're going to say let's give it a shot. A shot, that's a poor choice of words perhaps, but but nonetheless, it is not an approved protocol. It is not something that's gone through safety checking. And, and when people say, oh, it's a miracle we got this in less than a year and everybody's so excited and all this, we, we, what we did is we didn't stop any safety things. All we did was sidestep impediments. Well, those impediments are there so that you can do things like long-term safety testing. So you can verify the efficacy and the safety of something before re unleashing them on the human race. Now, here's the problem. The human race, in fact, all mammals have never had any successful delivery of this mRNA technology that they're using. Uh, when they tried it on animals, and most of them died because of uh, some other side effects, they quit doing it on animals. And, and now what they've done is they've unleashed it on humans. And, and humans are involved in an experiment that will not end for at least a couple of years. They say 2022 is uh, the soonest it could happen, and they came out with this at the beginning of 2021. And, and so here we have these, all of these, not only international protocols that are being violated, we have common sense that's being violated. In fact, <laughs> I, uh, I picked up a, a little... It's it's kind of a nutritional supplement a packet that it's it's dried vegetables basically powdered and dry, dried and powdered vegetables. You put it in cold water, mix it up, and uh, and you drink it. And it's a daily packet for enhancing your nutritional uh, supplements. Well, I look on the back for the in contradictions and the and the warnings. Pregnant women and nursing mothers are not supposed to take it without a doctor's advice and counsel. Well. Duh, here are dried vegetables that come out of gardens and somebody dehydrates them, grinds them up and puts them in a drink and they're saying don't give it to women that are pregnant or, or nursing. Well, what we're doing with this uh, unproven, uh, un, it's, un, it, it, it's something that has just not been through the processes at all. I mean, yeah, if they if they tested it for a day, a week, or even three weeks. I don't know. We don't know the long-term effects of this. And so they're giving it to pregnant women now. They're, they're pushing it lower and lower into the childhood ages. There's never really been a uh, even an emergency use authorization on some of these things for the younger children. Well, and, and they're even asking for a third dose uh, emergency permission of some of these vaccines. Now, Moderna and others are asking for that. The J&J &J vaccine has greater warnings added, even though they don't pull it off the market. They add more and more warnings to their uh, inserts, etc. I mean, this is just insanity, sir. Well, the, in fact, you know, you mentioned the Guillain-Barre uh, warning. Holy Hannah. This kind of thing, I mean, I personally have known people that have, that have uh, gotten this syndrome because of vaccine. And and it it's it's very life changing, very debilitating. Uh, everything from total paralysis to to not being able to walk. I mean, so yeah, you got your use of your arms. Hey, you're pretty good, aren't you? That's good. Let's keep this going. But now they got this uh, ad additional warning on it, and and I keep going back to the fact that you know I remember so it's like it's yesterday, you know, and it's I'm, I'm not pulling a, a what's his name Kerry uh, deal about Cambodia. But I remember it as though it was yesterday in 1976 when, 
when the country, Gerald Ford, made this big push for this flu um, injection. 47,000, I mean, million people got injected. One person died from the flu, and I believe he had other comorbidities that contributed to that. But the, the official record shows one person died from it. Well, they had all these uh, bad side effects, but 56 people died from it out of 47 million that had been injected, and they pulled the program. They stopped it. They not, no, oh, we can't do it. Too much risk. Well, here's the deal. If you go to the VAERS, uh, the CDC reporting process, which is questionable at best in terms of, of the uh, uh, accurately reflecting the total number of people that are actually having problems, the best amount that anybody estimates might be reported is 10%. And uh, most people think it's more like 1% of the difficulties being reported. And, and so you have approaching 10 million people that have been reported as killed by the, excuse me, 10 million, 10,000 people. You start doing the math, and, and these things run together in your mind. But they have uh, uh, 10,000 people reported as deaths, and over 400,000 have had severe adverse reactions. If we're only getting 1% reported, this is an extremely severe, this is a it's catastrophic reaction. And last and week, it's other. now been reported that more people have, uh, are suffering negative reactions and dying from the COVID vaccine than they are from the COVID itself. Uh, that's the latest statistic as well being uh, brought about. Well, here's a statistic I heard on uh, Wednesday. Okay, so this is Friday. This is two days old. Um, I was uh, on a trip listening to uh, a talk show host, and, and he was promoting the jab. And, uh, oh, ain't it awful? And our, uh, our state um, health people are saying, our, our hospital beds are filling up again. It's, oh, it's horrid and horrid. They gave a statistic that eight out of 100,000 people are now afflicted with this. Do the math. That's less than one-tenth of one percent that, that, there's, that their radio announcer that's promoting this. Eight out of 100,000 are faced with this thing, and it's like, oh, ain't it awful? But then you do the other additional thing. It's well over 99% of the people that get afflicted with this uh, malady. It's, it's, it's hardly even worth causing it. That It's so thin now, but... But, but well over 99% of the people that get it, statistically, over the 18 months almost that we got an experience with this thing, survive it. Oh, yeah, I had a cold. They say, I had somebody that talked to me the other day. Yeah, I had, I had a kind of a fast-moving cold. It turned out it was COVID. I got over it faster than I ever had. This is what I was being told by, by someone that I, I had an opportunity to interact with. And and to them it it was kind of like oh yeah I I had yeah I get a cold every year that's kind of what it was but that's what it was you know and so well over ninety nine percent of the people that are getting it are surviving and only eight out of a hundred thousand in Utah currently have it which is far less than one tenth of one percent and and we're all up in arms with something that's killing people are you kidding me? Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Back with your live Sam Bushman, Dr. Bradley, riding shotgun today, talking about this crazy story. Multiple parents have filed lawsuits against Washington District of Criminals for allowing children to receive vaccines without parental knowledge and or consent. They're doing this to murder babies' abortions. They're doing this for vaccines now. Your government is absolutely becoming a criminal enemy. Involved in criminal enterprise activity, ladies and gentlemen, against the family. Reject it, stand against it, and do so boldly, nobly, and independently now, my fellow Americans. It gets worse, though. The U.S. DOD, that's the Department of Defense, considers making COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for U.S. troops if the FDA approves them. Now, that makes the point that the FDA hasn't even approved these forced vaccines on everybody so far. They say your employer can force vaccines, but now the Pentagon secretary says, hey, member of the U.S. military are already required. Let me say that word again, required, forced, to get vaccinated with a number of vaccines for various diseases, including but not limited to mumps, measles, and polio, and now they're considering adding the cocoa vaccine to it as well. So that's very concerning, ladies and gentlemen. Vaccine strike force coming? Question mark. Will the government literally go community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes knocking on doors 
directly to force vaccines, question mark. You think it couldn't happen here? You better think again, ladies and gentlemen. They're on a tyrannical, psychotic, force-based bender on this thing. They're drunk with power. They're out of control. They're crazy, ladies and gentlemen. We've never seen the likes of this in our lifetimes, Dr. Bradley. Now, let's take a few of those things uh, point by point. Um, uh, back in basic training, I, I had a little uh, Puerto Rican sergeant that uh, had on his locker a little, you know, kind of a greeting card thing. It had a little Hispanic fellow uh, with a sombrero with a little donkey uh, with a cord around its neck. And, and inside you open it up. And, it, well, the first on the front it said, my heart is yours. And then you open it up. But my donkey is the government's. You can do your translation if you want, but that's that's what the card said. So that's kind of where we were in the military. And yes, indeed, we did have an awful lot of injections. And in fact, uh, when I got out, I did a little bit of uh, schooling. And, and one of the uh, areas I, I did some focus was in pharmacology. And I remember talking to a professor one time about the co cocktail of injections we had had. He went ballistic. I mean, he was absolutely astonished because they have... They have kind of multiplying contradictions with each other, and and so it, it blew his mind. But so yes, in fact, there are a lot of these things. Yeah, think of it, ladies and gentlemen, like your drug labels too. They say when you're taking this drug, you know, don't drink, don't take this other medication. Make sure that there's not conflicting medications. If you have conflicting medications, consult your physician. Da 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 da. I mean, this is common knowledge, right? This isn't just some uh, viewpoint of some uh, collegiate. Uh, scientific professor stuff. This is commonly known that you just don't mix all kind of things together. Even natural health and healing herbs, they say. Oh wait, what are you, what are you using? We got to make sure we know what's going on before we insert this into the mix. And again, this is commonly known by everybody, right, doctor? Well, let's get even a little more serious with this. And I remember the date exactly. It was March sixth, nineteen seventy. There were a group of us that were the first human beings. Uh, to be injected, as this, as remember, your the donkey is theirs. Uh, we were the first human beings to be injected with an experimental vaccine. I believe I had an adverse reaction that uh, continues to to be vaccine related, but the fact of the matter is, I think they felt like we were the closest things to human flesh that they could get. Now, back in those days, there wasn't all of these. Well, of course, we had the Nuremberg Protocols. But, but many times things like that were ignored. People today should know better. These things can be found and understood. But that's the part of the basis of what they're doing right now with uh, saying we will maybe make this a mandatory uh, jab if the FDA approves it. First of all, it is experimental. By very definition, it's experimental. If you insist that they have it, it is a violation of the Nuremberg Nuremberg codes. And and here's what really frustrates me is that, you know, right now you got military personnel that can reject it. Okay, we may end up having them being forced to take it. It may have long-term ill effects. Uh, everything from infertility to heart attack and stroke and, and uh, immune system reactions and so on and so forth. But what is happening that I find extremely disheartening across the country is more and more institutions of quote-unquote higher learning because I, I'm, they're very doubtful if there's any higher learning going on there, especially given but, uh, who is uh, advocating these things in the administration where there are requirements to go to the school in this coming fall. Now, my position has always been vote with your dollars. Institutions of higher learning are by nature 
financial institutions. That is their motivation. Of course, there's there's uh, rare, I would call them rare exceptions, where individuals truly do love learning and uh, their students and the elevating the bar and all this kind of stuff. But the institution itself is motivated by money. And we can, I can go down that path if we want to of how we would know this. But the fact of the matter is, if you vote with your dollars and don't go there, take a sabbatical, take a year off, take two years off, go learn how to become a diesel mechanic instead of an attorney or something like that. Learn an honest trade. And I believe that if the institutions of higher learning find 80% of their people didn't show up this year, I think that they will become much more flexible in how they do things. And here's the other thing. Let's just say that the jab is really, quote-unquote, safe and effective, as they claim it is. Okay, let's say someone gets the jab, and they go to school, and the guy sitting next to him doesn't have it. What does it matter? The guy that's sitting there has the jab. Hey, you take your chances. I've protected myself. But no, we know for a fact that is not how this is working. We have populations that are 100% vaccinated, fully vaccinated, that are still coming down with this. So we know for a fact it is not either safe or effective because they haven't proved it either. But in L.A., you, you probably heard in the news break just as we were coming on, they're saying that you got to wear face masks indoors even if you're fully vaccinated. What's that about? The, the inconsistencies, the unscientific approach, this slap-shot way of doing things, it's by guess and by golly, and there is no supporting data for all of this kind of stuff. And, and they can't really say they're safe and effective. They can't really say that they're, that they're uh, approved. They're not. None of these things are. The, in honesty, they would have to say, this is an experiment, and you guys are the guinea pigs, just like I was so many years ago when I got that guinea pig jab. Now, by the way, they've been giving these guinea pig jabs to third world country kids for a long time with a lot of really adverse effects. And if you go back and look at the research on them, there have been horrid things that have happened with polio and, and uh, infertility and things like that from India to Africa on these things. And we're, we're the subject matter guinea pigs. It is astounding to me. And, and yet... It's insane, Dr. Efficient. Bradley, and I asked the question, vaccine strike force coming? Will the oh, government go, go to door to door? Yes, there, it that, is. Like, listen carefully. Geographies. Yes, there are. There are strike forces happening now. It's getting worse. It's growing. Do syringes feature RFID tracking? Radio frequency RFID near field identification chips are part of the latest vaccine syringe capabilities. That's according to the USA's, it's called Rapid USA's website. Now, they claim that they're voluntary and they're not using them right now, Dr. Bradley, but they have this capability, too. This alone is very scary indeed. You know, we, we don't know what all is in this thing, this the, the magnetism thing that people put out and they try and debunk so much. And it, it, it's absolutely, to me, um, it, it seems like if anybody was doing more than living under a rock, if they had more than half their brain cells, they would think of this. Now, apparently, about half, maybe more of the American population 
currently has got their brain cells intact enough to say, you know, I'm going to wait on this thing. You know, that doesn't mean they're going to be forever. But the pitches that you get, I mean, these happy, pleasant, smiling. I watched one the other day where everybody was just joyously greeting grandparents and hugging and kissing, and everybody was getting back together for their barbecues, and it was like, oh, ain't it wonderful we've got this vaccine. But it isn't really, uh, you know, it, it can't be qualified as a traditional vaccine. But yet and still, they're promoting it as though everything is completely intact, good, positive. There's no possible problems with this. And Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Bradley, Sam Bushman on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The New York Attorney General's office will now hold an interview with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Wendy King reports. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is to be interviewed on Saturday by investigators with the state attorney general's office, which are looking into sexual harassment allegations against him. The Democratic governor has been accused by several women of inappropriate touching and offensive remarks. He's apologized and said he's learned an important lesson about his behavior around women. Cyber Ninjas, the team conducting a forensic audit of Arizona's Maricopa County general election, said Thursday they want more items to complete their review, which has turned up several major discrepancies. A couple of them, auditors could find no record of the county sending out more than 74,000 mail-in ballots. Auditors found approximately 18,000 people voted but were removed from voter rolls soon after the election. The auditors want ballot envelope images, router images, and Splunk log hard drives. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allen Root from my great friends at Freedom Fest. Have you ever been to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? Well, here's your opportunity. This July 21st through 24th, thousands of liberty lovers are headed to South Dakota for the greatest libertarian show on earth, Freedom Fest. This time held at the Rushmore Civic Center in Rapid City, South Dakota, with a record-setting crowd. Here's your chance to make new friends and meet the country's top political and business leaders, authors, and filmmakers in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Some of the star speakers this year, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Dr. Drew, Larry Elder, U.S. Senator Mike Lee, U.S. Senator Cynthia Loomis, the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey, Steve Moore, John Fun, Grover Norquist, Tom Woods, and the infamous pandemic mock trial. Go to FreedomFest.com. Use promo code WAR50 to get $50 off the registration fee. That's FreedomFest.com. With promo code WAR50, fly there, drive there, bike there, RV there, be there. Freedom Fest in South Dakota. Get your tickets now at FreedomFest.com. Nike says it wants money from extortion attorney Michael Avenetti. Tim Burke from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau explains. Nike wants disgraced lawyer Michael Avenetti to pay for trying to extort them. The Oregon-based company is seeking just over $856,000 from the lawyer, who was given two and a half years in prison for his actions in the scheme. Nike's financial request is actually a revised one, as the company previously wanted $1.7 million. Evanetti was convicted for threatening to give Nike bad publicity if they didn't pay him millions. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Officials in Germany say the death toll in European floods there have increased, pushing the total number of fatalities in Germany and Belgium above 100. 
Rescuers are scrambling to find survivors and rescue people trapped in houses at risk of collapse. Hundreds of people are still missing, and thousands are homeless after days of heavy storms that cause flash floods across the region. USA Radio News. All right, Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about this situation of the coronavirus. We're also talking about how the DOD is trying to make the military add coronavirus vaccines to the already mandated many vaccines given to military personnel. Multiple parents are now filing lawsuits because the government's literally giving people abortions. They're also giving people vaccinations, little kids without parental knowledge and or consent. Lawsuits are pending. Time will tell where that goes. New syringes. Feature RFID tracking, the answer is yes, they have the potential to. Admits the Rapid USA's website, so we know that's happening. Um, will they really be going door-to-door, ladies and gentlemen? Will the vaccine strike force be coming? I think that it's already happening in some places, and I suspect that it's going to get worse because the latest update, they call it a coronavirus update, Surgeon General, quote, misinformation on health is an urgent threat to the public this is dangerous indeed ladies and gentlemen because who's been the misinformation kings uh, the ones that told you that masks were necessary now they admit they're not uh people that told you oh you know what um you know the covid's gonna kill uh, three million plus people well it's only six hundred thousand to date and the numbers are in serious question oh now the virant deltas the the, the um uh whatever you want to call it, strain, delta strain or whatever, now a big surge in everybody dying. Is that true or is that the cover-up for more vaccine-related deaths? You just can't trust these people, Dr. Bradley, but they're absolutely getting desperate as they try to hold on to power and try to hold on to the lie that's been working so well to literally remake the affairs of the nation. Well, ultimately and finally, truth will prevail, and as the Savior said, it will make us free, but... Uh Right now, we're in the middle of a, uh, a disinformation campaign. And, and there's a little corollary to that. You know, Jan Psaki, the, uh, the news person for the Biden administration, has, has made some kind of, I think, earth-shattering revelations. And, and that's pretty hard to say for somebody that's they're spinning uh, the, the, the truth all the time. Anyway, she talks about Facebook helping them to get rid of the quote-unquote disinformation that doesn't go along with the establishment view on things. This is clearly and plainly a, um, a collaboration, a, a, a compliance at the very least, but I think it's being done openly and, and uh, I know just because they want to, Facebook is being called upon to scrub these so-called false uh, presentations and and informations that are out there basically it's an attempt to prevent any dialogue on this thing from other well-reasoned well-established highly credentialed and qualified individuals that is contrary to the viewpoint that's being spoken by the establishment media and by the way the establishment has had an agenda from the very beginning from the very moment and, and we can go back and review why I believe this, but from the very moment this came out and, and hit the ground, if you will, running in March of 2020, the intent has been universal compulsory vaccination. 
and and these teams that are going out knocking on doors, some of the teams are bringing the jab with them. They're bringing people that will actually inject you on your doorstep as they come by to see you. And and this kind of thing is, I think, a precursor to where we're going in the future with this. Uh, I, I think they're trying to work the bugs out right now. It's kind of like uh, back in, I think it was April of 2020, our Utah Governor uh, Gary Herbert um, uh, unleashed a uh, Basically, it was grabbing control of your smartphone. If you came into the state, you landed on an airplane, you crossed on one of the interstate highways, whatever, uh, the the approach was to grab your phone and unleash upon you your requirements for being here, whether it's uh, uh, hunkering up and bunkering down or whether it was doing reporting uh, and all of these kinds of things, tracking and tracing, so that your phone would be the tracking and tracing device. What they found was it wasn't quite ready for prime time, but I'm betting that they've that they've probably tweaked it and honed it now so that they're getting closer onto this thing. And, and uh, so it's it, the government agencies are right now in a testing mode. It, they're uh, probing the perimeter, if you will, in a military term, to see if they can find weak spots, if they can find ways they can better handle things. And this is not going to get better over time. This is a full court press, and the intention is to do a vaccine mandatory for everybody. And then I have heard, or well, I haven't heard, I read it lately, where the, um, the intent ultimately may be monthly booster shots. Monthly. See, and, and some of the uh, vaccine manufacturers have gone to the FDA and says we'd like to have an emergency use authorization that we can do a booster shot now, October perhaps, whatever. And they've been, you know, deflected on that right now from the CDC, which is one of the few things the CDC seems to have done that makes any sense at this point. But But there are those that are talking about the fact that we may need at some point monthly booster shots. And it's like, people... We've been on this earth as human beings, mortals, for millennia. And and what we have is an environment that we were designed by God to work within. In this soup of, of uh, the environment, we have immune systems that deal with things. And now we're intervening as God himself with these pharma companies that are making billions upon billions upon hundreds of billions of dollars and they're on a roll and for some reason they've got the whole establishment behind them i mean we're talking the deep state or whoever it is that's really running things is really pushing this so yeah it ain't going to go away i'm sorry to say and we the people have got to start doing things like vote with our feet and our dollars like the we talk about the universities a minute ago uh, if people just said, no, I'm not going to come to your school if you're going to require this, it's not worth it to me. And I think that they'd become more uh, aware of the resistance that's out there and hopefully would there would be a, at least a, a mitigating kind of slowdown that went on this thing. So, oh, talk about Como for a minute. Here's a guy that the news just talked about how he's uh, going to be questioned about his sexual harassment and his proclivities and everything like that. He's the guy that should be up for, based on the evidence we've got, crimes against humanity for mass murder, putting the COVID uh, 
you know, infected among the most vulnerable that all of society understood right from the very beginning. So you put someone that's COVID infected in with the most aged and most infirm people and kill off tens of thousands of people. And, and then they fudge the numbers. I mean, this guy still. And then Dr. Bradley being praised for uh, handling the coronavirus for handling it perfectly is the quintessential. This is the way you do it idea, right? Absolutely. And the, the fact of the matter is he's still governor. Oh, but what really makes this kind of humorous in my mind is the attorney general for the uh, for New York is going to question him. Yeah, right. Just like the buddies aren't meeting behind closed doors and are saying, OK, look here, I'll throw you this softball question when we get out here. Your answer should reflect something like this. And if we get these kinds of answers, we'll have to say, yep, we thoroughly investigated this and found that there was that there was no cause for concern. I mean, they, they're working behind the scenes. These co-conspirators that are working the things, it, the, the whole process to me is, is called in question. And, uh, uh, and I, just, I just can't believe how everybody plays it like this is a straight-up game. It's all stacked. The deck is stacked, people. And, and those that are running the show right now are the, the least capable of, of solving the difficulties and problems. It's just amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, there's serious dangers. <laughs> there's serious dangers of this contact tracing. I want to spend a little bit well, more time on this. Um, because I understand at first you just think, oh, we got to protect everybody from the cocoa. This is an effort to break the chain so that people don't get affected. Let's just... But, ladies and gentlemen, the danger of contact tracing is shocking. Because here's the question. Will this really be used to protect me? Privacy and digital rights experts worry that contact tracing will be used not just for the coronavirus, not just for uh, pandemics or incredible health outbreaks, but will rather be used, for example, you know, Dr. Bradley, you're sure a dispenser of misinformation, and you work with that out-of-control crazy talk show host, Sam Bushman, and, and they tie this together. What's going to happen? Privacy, privacy and digital rights experts worry that con tracing, contact tracing apps, etc. well, they may be able to help fight pandemics if we had a real one, but privacy and security... Well, they say they stress that it needs to be done right, but I say to you that the government is not capable of doing it right. The temptation of them misusing this technology is way too great, Doctor. When we come back, I'll have you respond to that. How's that? Dr. Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they're literally doubling down for tyranny right now. It is out of control and unacceptable. We the people better wake up, turn to God Almighty, stand together for... Liberty. Your call is being transferred to the listening ear. Listening professionals dedicated to hearing you. Hello, listening ear. Who am I listening to? Um, Carrie, but I was calling my mom. Yes, you were, but your mom was so busy she felt it was important for you to have someone who could completely focus on listening to you and you alone. So she subscribed to our service. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, I'm not quite sure. Where to start? Well, I can listen to school issues like science projects. I can listen to boy problems, although that's an extra $3 per call because of the emotional drain on me. How about we start with how you wish you had made cheerleader? I didn't try out for cheerleader. Uh, 
This isn't, uh, Mary? Carrie. I'm Carrie. Oh, oh, sorry. There is no substitute for a loving parent. And when you really listen, love is what they'll hear. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. All right, back with you live. Dr. Scott Bradley with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the COVID virus. We're talking about government out of control. We're talking about misinformation. They're cracking down, claiming that they are the ministers of truth when it comes to information. That alone is shocking. 1984 uh, becoming front and center, to say the least. But even worse, um, vaccine stripe force coming. Will they come door to door? New syringes feature RFID tracking tags. Yes. Coronavirus update, Surgeon General. Misinformation on health, urgent threat to the public. Contact tracing surveillance, ripe for abuse. Privacy and digital rights experts worry contact tracing apps and contact tracers lack limits. The potential for abuse is just stratospheric. I mean, it is it just, Wow. You think the IRS and you think that the monitoring of phones via uh, the FTC or the FCC and all this stuff, you think that is a concern? It is. But they're ready to take this to steroid level. Photos everywhere, monitoring everything that you say and do, literally tying together everybody that you associate with. Freedom or free association literally uh, going to go by the wayside. Fear of your government increasing exponentially. I mean, this is... I don't mean to make a mountain out of a molehill and just preach doom and gloom, Dr. Bradley, but this is a reality that we're facing, and to just whitewash it isn't the answer either. You know, free societies just don't keep dossiers on their citizens. That's that's a fact. Now, uh, <clears throat> draconian societies do, you know, whether it's the Gestapo or the KGB or the Stasi. You, you pick those societies that have been under the thumb or the uh, the boot, if you will, of, of the power mongers, they do keep these dossiers. We have the technology nowadays to bring together something that all of those guys, the Gestapo, the KGB, the Stasi, would just be green with envy about how this, this works. And, and we have been building dossiers on Americans for decades now. Um, I look back, I'm probably one of the few Americans ever at any time, including those that passed this bill, the USA Patriot Act. Um, 
just logistically, without going through the yeas and nays, I, I, uh, I testified against it, by the way, before the Senate Judiciary Committee. But here's, here's what happened. It was introduced in the House the 23rd of October, 2001, in the panic of the 9-11 aftermath. So the 23rd of October is introduced in the House. It was passed the House the 24th of October. They could not have read it in that time, let alone analyzed it. Uh, in my manual reading of it, using my manual count, there were 214 other sections of U.S. code that were affected by it. Now, I probably undercounted because I'm, I was doing it manually. So they get it the 23rd. They pass it the 24th. The Senate passes it the 25th, and the George W. Bush pass, uh, signs it the 26th. That was a huge leap. Uh, basically, the Fourth Amendment is gone. All the NSA uh, data gathering stuff that they're capturing, every phone call, every email, every text message is going into a database. You do what you can do now with your with your uh, cell phone, with this contact tracing about uh, you stood next to this person. Oh, you made this call from this location. The cell sites are triangulated within these systems. This capability is unbelievable uh, that, that has been metastasized over the last couple of decades. And, and like I said, when in uh, the spring of 2020, uh, Governor Herbert, and there were probably multiple other governors that did these things, tried to commandeer the uh, cellular network system so that every time anybody came within their grasp, they started getting these warning, warning, here's your responsibility, hunker down, bunker up, whatever. By the way, what they found was some of the uh, uh, cities that were close to the uh, borders of Utah at the time, their citizens could be sitting in church across the border, and everybody's cell phone would light up with these uh, warning, warning things from the governor of the state of Utah. So anyway, they weren't quite ready for prime time, but I think they've been enhanced in the past year. These people, they have an agenda. They're working towards it. And... Uh, there are shielding devices you can use for your cell phone and everything so you don't but they, they don't work the way you want them to when you're doing that but the point of the matter being though is that this is a web and it's woven tightly and those that are doing it are not friends of liberty whether that you call them stasi gestapo or kgb today i don't know what you're going to call them they're health department workers and and uh you talk about this tracking and tracing thing. Let, let, and they're, and they're your neighbors, Dr. Bradley, because people are now so divided on the vaccine issue that people are turning in people. People are ratting on one another. Um, there's a headline that says Google, reveal, Google reveals that government surveillance is at an all-time high. U.S., Germany, France, U.K. and India top surveillance request lists. So Google's blatantly admitting that, hey, the government's coming to them and begging for information on literally everything. It's at an all-time high. Now, Google's not your friend either, but they're the ones that at least blowing the whistle on this. Very interesting, well, to say the least, Dr. Bradley. Let's, let's take a corollary kind of thing about ratting people out. Uh, uh, Utah's governor's put out a rat-out website where you can rat out your neighbor if they're watering their lawn more than they should be or on a day they're not supposed to be. Last year, that um, website, uh, I don't remember the number exactly. It's something like 150 people got ratted out by their neighbors. 
So far this summer, that's we're, so we're very incomplete uh, year and data. It's well over 5,000 have been ratted out. That the Karens have come out of the woodwork. These people that are holier than thou, these do-gooders that are going to do this kind of thing. So absolutely, you're going to find they'll be ratting out on on uh, whether or not the virus is in your home, or you've got the vaccine, or you've got firearms, or you've just spoken out against one of the things that have happened. Uh, more and more and more of the the neighbors are becoming good Nazis. And uh, everybody in East Germany was a spy because, you know, they, they basically were browbeating the idea you got to tell on your neighbor because if you didn't and you knew about it and something happens, <clears throat> you're roped into the whole problem. So that's kind of where we are right now. And, and uh, America needs to wake up and recognize that this is totally un-American. And uh, here's one good thing, though. There's many people that are saying that if you get the vaccine, it'll have it'll dramatically shorten your lifespan. And some are saying in a in a pretty major, almost immediate way, you know, within the next couple of years. And and I was reflecting on that the other day, and I says, what if all the Karens that would have been turning everybody in ended up dying of the vaccine? Wow, that'd be society would be unburdened. <laughs> by many of the do-gooders. I don't know. It's Yes, it's and it's a tongue-in-cheek point because we don't want the death of anybody. We're uh, no, completely no, 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 no. pro-life. We're making a mere point, though, about the betrayal that's happening uh, in America, pitting American against American. This divide and conquer is taken to extreme psychotic levels in an effort to gain control of the freest country on the face of the earth and destroy liberty on the altar of uh, safety and security where government literally forces its heavy hand uh, on the citizenry, ratcheting them down, dividing them in fear, destroying all things that we hold dear. This is what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, they're literally promoting abortions by getting little girls across state lines. First, they entice them into sex. Then they get them over state lines and perform murder on their on their innocent babies uh, and on these innocent little girls. Then they're doing this with vaccines now to boys and girls without consent. They're getting it sued. They're getting sued over it. But what the government's going to basically say is at some point we have authority over your children. You parents don't. And that's when the Communist Manifesto comes into full-fledged, uh, full-swing fruition in America because really the Communist Manifesto says there is no God. Uh, Baby-making is for the generation of welfare and workfare for the state. Uh, and it doesn't relate to you at all. In fact, you're just a cog in this gargantua wheel. And for the cause of the state, you will have sex with these people and generate children for the next generation of laborers. It isn't a relationship thing. It isn't God-ordained marriage or, or relationships based on God's law of the family. It's a replacement of the family called the government workforce. Um, this is what we're headed towards, Dr. Bradley, if we don't call a halt to this con game. Well, let's talk about the uh, family and, and its um dissolving under the the state um the illuminati really that uh, fostered and carried out the french revolution is the parent company if you will of all future revolutions that are communist related so that's virtually all of them and uh, during the french revolution it became the law that a, a little boy could only stay with his family until he was five years old the state took over the nannyhood if you will of that child because at some point they wanted to be able to indoctrinate them into the process that, that they would play in the future. Now, you look at the Saraloff anarchists after the Russian Revolution, what happened to the family and the, the diabolical things that dissolved the family. Well, you look at what Joe Biden and his people are doing. They want the three-year-old and up to be able to be under the uh, 
you know, protective wing, if you will, of the state in their educational process. They're working on a university, universal military slash government service uh, program that I, I don't think is that far down the road for boys and girls have to register for the draft in the event it's reinitiated. And if, when it is, it'll be for boys and girls. All of these things, and, and by the way, it won't matter if a girl has several children, they will have to become still uh, under the 13th Amendment, a slave to the state, the, the girl will be. Go read the 13th Amendment. Why is it that involuntary servitude is prohibited by the 13th Amendment, and yet the government thinks that they can be the ones that were in servitude too? Go read that. I read it with, in mind with saying people can't own people, which is a very valid position, but why can the government own your donkey? That is really a strange perspective that they're f spinning now. So, yes, the family's at threat. God's <laughs> existence in our lives is at threat because it's being pushed down farther and farther. And th there's a, it's across the board. Uh, the voting things that are happening, the, the issues to basically seize power at the national level, is, is just, they're becoming tr truly emboldened in this thing. So unprecedented you know, we talk about COVID. Unprecedented government increase of power using a few literal trigger points, deceiving the people into trading their liberty for safety. They'll wind up with neither. The reality check on that is clear warning from the founding fathers in history repeating itself, whether it be the COVID, whether it be climate change, uh, whether it be your right to keep and bear arms, whether it be we can't have all these riots in the country that they've been fomenting. For quite some time, for example, this Cuba issue, I, d I understand the Cubans' desire for freedom, but I believe we're being played on that Cuba issue. On one hand, they say they want to be free from communism. On the other hand, they beg the government for vaccines. On the other hand, supposedly Cuban Americans are rioting in America, blocking highways and destroying people's rights on the altar of freedom from communism from the Cubans. We're being played on this one, too. And everything relates to insurrection, ratting on your neighbors, all the modern things that we warned about in history coming to fruition via these few trigger points. Don't fall for the lie, ladies and gentlemen. Stand up, prepare yourself and your family, turn to Almighty God. Those are the solutions we can prescribe. Doctor, the final word's yours, 20 seconds. Return to the foundation because it really truly worked and it really still is in place. And that's what you do when you get lost. You look at your back trail and go back. And For Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. FreedomsRisingSun.com. Check out his weekly webinars and a whole lot more available at FreedomsRisingSun.com, LibertyRoundtable.com, and LovingLiberty.net. Our websites donate liberally. Would you please, every penny will help grow our presence in the media. And we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that ever refused to use, no doubt, starts now. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, there is news that I refuse to use, and then there is 
networks that refuse to use news. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. This is the broadcast for July the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founders. Yes, indeed, it's a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time for Friday. Have I got a lot of news for you folks, I'll tell you that. Yes, indeed. Wow, there's just so much to cover, so little time to cover it. A quick recap of yesterday's show starts now. We had our guest on, Mr. Eldon Stallfield. I'm sorry, Eldon Stahl. He's field coordinator of the John Birch Society, jbs.org. TheNewAmerican.com, and Eldon does a great job on your radio. Joins us once a month, two hours. We talked about Cubans demand vaccines. Really? We talked about Cuban-American protesters shutting down the expressway in Miami, also shutting down highways in Orlando. And I'm just telling you right now that on one hand, they say the Cubans want to reject communism. On the other hand, they're begging for government-mandated vaccines. And in America, what's it a, a Cuban-American anyway? Uh, they literally shut down highways. Your rights end or mine begin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's communist tactic going on here. I appreciate the plight of the Cubans, and I appreciate that they want freedom, and I hope they get it. At the same time, what I'm seeing and hearing uh, smacks of communist tactics, ladies and gentlemen. You say it's peaceful, but you know what? When I want to go to work and I'm blocked by Cuban, quote, American protesters, what on earth is going on? It's disaster. Don't get mixed up and deceived, ladies and gentlemen. I get that we want to support people. If you want to uh, help the Cubans personally, by all means, you get it done. But don't you dare steal my tax dollars to do it, ladies and gentlemen. And don't you dare riot in the streets to the point where you disrupt my life, my rights, my personal freedom to move about. Don't you dare. And then call it freedom. And we're advocating for freedom. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. Reject communism. Reject the destruction of rights. Don't let your peaceful assembly, God-given First Amendment rights, be mixed up with protests and riots and raging in the streets demanding government handouts and manipulation. It's a dishonest lie. I'm not attacking the Cubans, ladies and gentlemen, but I am attacking those in America who have it all mixed up. You don't riot in the streets of America and demand that, what, our government do something for the Cuban government or for the Cubans? Why don't you do whatever you want to individually if you want to help out the Cubans, by all means. But leave my government tax dollars out of it. By the way, that will be the topic of today. Government tax dollars, when should they be used, by whom, for what reasons, what's authorized, what is not, and more. We also talked about Texas Senate passes voter integrity bill as the Democrats flee the state. The governor wants to arrest them from fleeing the state. Shame on the governor. Don't use a tyrannical hand. That isn't the answer. If they want to flee the state, let them. Let them dodge their duty. But let us also reject them next election cycle and find somebody else who will toe the line and obey the law. Megan Kelly says January 6th was not an insurrection. The media is out of control for claiming it such. We talked about FBI agents on Monday arrested five members of the Munn family. Uh, basically claiming that they were, um, well, at the Capitol, they were just charged with disorderly conduct. There's a few bad apples, folks, but for the most part, they're manipulating the truth on this January 6th thing big time. FBI failures in Larry Nasser investigations. Shame on the FBI. What case don't they have failures in recently? They fail at every single case they're involved in. Shut down the unconstitutional dishonest behemoth, will you please? 
Emails show that Anthony Fauci was asked for help by the Wuhan lab. Wow. Free speech is under attack. The Sedition Act of 1798, 10th Amendment We talked about that a bit. Second hour, we talked about the freedom fight is winnable, says radio star Sam Bushman. That's the New American magazine, newamerican.com. We talked about a new beautiful commercial. Billboard is in Ogden right now. Ogden, Utah. It says, save our republic. Join the John Birch Society. Republics versus democracy. We talked about that a bit. We talked about the Second Amendment. Under attack from all angles. An incredible new book from Art Thompson. Shopjbs.org to get your copy today. We talked about the unique positioning of that book. Discussing all aspects of your Second Amendment rights. We talked about, quote, and not a shot is fired. Jan Kozak's book is back in print. Talking about the communist takeover of Czechoslovakia. And she was a first-hand eyewitness to that takeover. And she explains how the people were manipulated into slavery in Czechoslovakia. And then she compares that to happening right here. That's right, right here in the United States of America. Don't let it happen on our watch, please, people, please. We talked about drug overdeaths surge to a record high in 2020 amid healthcare disruptions they claim caused by the COVID. I say caused by government reactions to the COVID. Well over 93,000 drug overdose deaths. And when you figure those drug overdose deaths plus suicide raging and going through the roof in America and everything else, you say, wow, they sure stopped the COVID deaths, didn't they? Uh-huh. We just have different kinds of deaths that they're not acknowledging or dealing with at all. When government inserts itself where it has no authority, ladies and gentlemen, you get nothing but disaster every time. We'll talk about that as the broadcast unfolds with our uh, co-host in seconds. We also talked about vaccine mania has led to all-out suppression of COVID treatments. That's a sad tale to tell as well. And finally, Senator Rand Paul doing a good job. No more masks, he says. He filed a... Or he put a bill in the hopper. Hopefully it'll get passed, but I doubt it. But he's right with his intentions and his efforts, nevertheless. Um, this is not about science. It's all about submission, he says. But he put a bill in the hopper to say, hey, let's get rid of masks on federal government transportation. It isn't science. Well, Rand Paul's exactly spot on on that reality check. And that's a recap of the two hours that took place yesterday, live radio, now on demand at your fingertips, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale. Would sure appreciate it. When you get a, help, uh, a desire to help and do something as well, you can donate, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. We promise every penny will be used to promote our presence in the media and tell the tale of liberty everywhere we go. All right, with that, News that I refuse to use today starts now. Chris Carlson with me. Discussion of all things liberty. Welcome, sir. Yes, sir, Sam. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson, reporting for duty, sir. All right. We got a lot to talk about today. Chris emails me during the week, and he emails topics of interest and says, hey, what do you think we ought to talk about? And we want to talk about the general welfare clause of the United States today and how it's absolutely perverted and misused. And we'll get into that. Let me give a historical reality check to kind of start the discussion, uh, if you will. 
You know, back in the day, and we usually talk about this around Thanksgiving time because it's, it's apropos for that time, but it makes sense. They have Christmas in July, so let's just do Thanksgiving for a second in July, ladies and gentlemen. To kind of recap, you know, Governor Bradford back in the day, when the Pilgrims moved to the United States, they had everything in common. It was like a socialist utopia, they thought. And they all basically shared everything. And what happened is there was a big disparity. Some people would work really hard. Other people would be extremely lazy. And they would get basically everything the same. It didn't matter if you worked hard or not. There was no reward reality there. And they, they literally failed. And people were starting to go hungry, and the system just didn't work. And they were virtually uh, on the verge of completely melting down and literally dying from starvation and everything else. And the story goes that Governor Bradford at the time realized it was a failed system and just said, hey, you know what, I'm going to give everybody a piece of ground. And you're going to sink or swim on your own piece of ground if you, if you, you know. And, and so what happened is they all broke up to do their own thing. And pretty soon, the ones that were lazy didn't have food, and the ones that were doing well, working hard, had plenty of food. And it turned out that everybody decided that there was a sink or swim mentality in that reality. And that risk versus reward reality check changed the game forever and taught the pilgrims how devastating and evil and wrong socialism really was and how right your ability to sink or swim fail if you will but succeed if you can uh is really the key to the exercise and so anyway we talk about it at thanksgiving because that's really kind of when they discovered this and, and they celebrated thanksgiving as a result of their individualistic success and it wasn't that they couldn't if they were doing well decide to use their freedom and their agency to help one another but it, it would be volunteering helping one another, true charity, not forced welfare, not forced distribution of wealth. But, hey, you can make it on your own when you're doing very well. Then out of the kindness of your Christian heart, could you help another? But it was your own choice. It was your resources. It was your free will at stake. Right. So as we discussed with Chris Carlson all things liberty we start out discussing the general welfare clause of the united states constitution and before we get to what article one section eight clause one or clause yeah clause one of the constitution is the general welfare clause ladies and gentlemen and it's often referred to as quote the taxing and spending clause because of its misuse today. Many people believe they can spend or do whatever they want to. It's a truck you can drive through. You can, hey man, general welfare means everybody's on the dole. Flat out founding father-esque lies, ladies and gentlemen. We're here to reject those lies. We're here to put things in proper perspective. Right when we get back, a couple of more comments from me, and we'll turn it over to Chris to rock and roll on this incredibly vital topic as we try to restore the republic. Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is 
money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm with Chris Carlson discussing all things liberty. And I'm telling you about the general welfare clause of the United States Constitution. Many believe that Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 of the Constitution, the general welfare clause, it's often referred to as the taxing and spending clause because people think they can do whatever they want because of its expansive use today. They believe that it gives the feds authority to do anything they want to. Because after all, we care about the general welfare, right? Uh, But it's not how everyone might define it, ladies and gentlemen. The Founding Fathers had a vision, an understanding of what it meant. And you say, why use those words? Well, those words were used on purpose. Let me quickly articulate this, and then we'll get to Chris Carlson. So the point here, ladies and gentlemen, is general welfare. I don't know if you know, but the federal government, the national government, whatever words you want to use, and I know those words aren't interchangeable. So don't call me and say, Sam, you're using these interchangeably wrong. I know. I I don't mean to. I understand the difference. But what I'm trying to get at is people think that these words are all interchangeable. Federal government, national government, general government, same diff, same diff. No, 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 no. Stop. The founding fathers referred to the general government as relating to the whole of the nation. And so, yes, the general welfare clause did have to do with making sure the country was okay. For example, they could lay taxes and do things if we went to a legitimate constitutionally declared war. Then the general welfare clause would let them retain revenue and or gather revenue to pay off that debt, putting the nation in general, the general welfare of the nation, in good shape. Okay, same thing uh, you could say maybe uh, to some degree with certain uh, roads, that's kind of a stretch, but you could use it with roads. Okay, when questions of power relate, Thomas Jefferson said, let no more be heard of confidence in the man that bind him down from mischief for the chains of the Constitution. All right, that's the reality check on this thing. The general government meant, generally speaking, that would help everybody. Let me give you an example. If you're a congressman and you come home and say, I want to get a bunch of money for our local library. No, no, no. That's a local nature, not a general nature, and will not fly. 
not a federal expenditure. If he says, hey, I'm going to make sure we pay for the B-1 bomber so that we can take care of the military. It's going to protect the whole country. That's a general nature. So you have general nature versus local nature versus state nature. If you want to bring home the bacon to benefit one state that doesn't benefit the rest of the states, uh uh-uh, not general. You want to develop something that benefits individuals? No, uh uh-uh. General meant we work for the nation generally. For example, I'm not for a border wall, but I am for generally protecting the border. The general welfare of the nation is at stake. When we're overrun by illegal immigration. All right. So Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 of the Constitution, the General Welfare Clause has been misrepresented and misexplained to the American people in modern times. I'll give you an example really quick. Then, Chris, Biden, quote, expand the child tax credit. Biden called on Thursday, he called on Congress to expand the tax credit for families or individuals past its December expiration date, he says, hey, it's awesome. It'll help reduce welfare. It'll help reduce poverty. This is great. We got to do it. Lie. We're talking about the general welfare at the federal level. Uh, my family is not general. A single state is not general. Things that relate to the country as a whole become general by nature because they used to call it the general government. Get it? It applies to all. With that, Chris, let's start there, sir. Welcome. Yes, sir. So unless I'm able to go over to my neighbor's house, Sam, and eat the food that he got uh, through the the TANF program, uh, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, then that welfare that he receives would not be general, unless he doesn't mind me coming over and and eating his food. (laughs) But, you know, the roads that the government builds... uh, the military efforts that they use to protect us, protecting the border as you outlined, trade agreements with foreign countries, those types of things, they, they benefit the, the entire nation generally. And that's what is covered under that general welfare clause. And I'm good with that. It's when my agency or my Christian free will is taken from me, Sam, that we have a problem. And that denies me the opportunity to bless my neighbor uh, through the means that I have Uh, secured through my own personal efforts and through my own individual choice. That's where uh, I have to draw the line on that. So there there is a moral implication with the government intervening in my behalf, doing what I should and can do for the benefit of my neighbor. And um, here's what I wrote in connection with that moral obligation that we, you and I, as Christians have towards our neighbor to provide for them things that they may be lacking at any particular point in their life, Sam. So when my neighbor receives food stamps and I have to pay for them, not only does that not benefit me by denying me the privilege of administering to his or her needs personally, it also does not benefit him or her by him or her uh, not being able to see the source of those benefits, Sam. My neighbor, for example, and this this is my neighbor personally, Um, He sees me go to work early in the morning and then sees me come home dirty and tired at the end of of a hard day's work. If I attend to his or her temporary needs for assistance, Sam, uh, he or she is aware of the sacrifice associated with that charitable contribution. Merely receiving those benefits from a disinterested government bureaucrat who had nothing to do with earning that wealth creates a disconnect, and that's the important word there, a disconnect in his or her mind concerning 
the origins of that blessing. And that is a very therapeutic process. When people are down and out, as people occasionally will become, um, it is important for them to receive assistance, but through the voluntary efforts, as you said, of individuals who care for them and want to see them uh, be provided for. And that process creates a relationship that will hopefully eventually develop into something where accountability and responsibility are nurtured. And when the government just gives us something with no expectation of any accountability or responsibility on the part of the receiver, Sam, we have a problem because it then becomes an entitlement. And entitlements uh, engender a sense of, uh, well, a sense of entitlement, first of all, but it also engenders laziness and idle, idleness and all sorts of things uh, that most likely will not be corrected until we get back to a system that our Heavenly Father intended us to operate under, which is voluntary charity. And we're seeing the reality. The, the reality, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about choice versus force. Chris, continue, please. Yes. So receiving those benefits from a disinterested government bureaucrat who had nothing to do with earning that wealth also creates a disconnect in his or her mind concerning the Christian charity with which that offering was given, thus failing to promote the cause of Christianity in this nation, which was founded upon uh, Christian governing principles. Merely receiving those benefits from a disinterested government bureaucrat who had nothing to do with earning that wealth is also, Sam, as we pointed out, a violation of the Christian principle of free will or agency, which I hold dear and which made this nation great. As Alex de Tocqueville said, America is great because America is good. If America ever stops being good, uh, good it will cease being great. And we're seeing that uh, reality being played out today. Uh, and we may get to the point where like uh, Cubans have, you know, we, I know you've talked extensively on, on their plight and, and how that's trying to be uh, spun in the media to mean that they're not satisfied with how much food and medicine they're getting. Well, the reason they're not getting a sufficient amount of food and medicine is because the system upon which the distribution of that food and medicine is being uh, operated is a fraudulent system and it lacks accountability it uh, lacks agency and it lacks therefore efficiency and people are starving over there and we're going to be in the same situation sam if we don't get our house in order as we should but we're just piling more charity i'm sorry we're, we're piling on more entitlements like you said president biden announced his uh, his new child tax credit initiative which will provide most families up to 300 dollars a month per child per, per child just because they have children um and that and there's no accountability for that and they do that under the guise of charity they do that under the guise of uh providing for uh the most needy in our country to pull on our heartstrings to manipulate us into thinking well this must be good this must be christian this must be uh, in a harmony with with god's expectations which it is not uh, because it, it lacks that element of individual agency and once you you eliminate that from the equation it becomes something completely and totally different from what it should be which is charity and uh, we're suffering as a result of that 
Amen to that. Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson with me. You can't let the general welfare clause become the elastic clause, ladies and gentlemen, because then you can justify anything and everything under it. That's a big old intentional lie by the socialists. Don't fall for it. Stand with the founding fathers, would you please? Sam and Chris, continue in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. California lawmakers on Thursday approved state-funded guaranteed income to distribute $35 million in monthly cash payments to eligible pregnant people and young adults who recently left foster care. California is the first state to approve such a program, a guaranteed income at the expense of the American taxpayer. Haitian authorities requested the Biden administration to send soldiers to help stabilize the country after the assassination of President Jovenel Moise. President Biden on Thursday said he will only send enough troops to bolster security at the U.S. Embassy in Haiti. A jury on Thursday found Jared Ramos, the gunman who killed five people at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Maryland in 2018, guilty. It's a day of closure for the family and that they got to hear that the person who killed their loved ones has been held criminally responsible. U.S. prosecutors are seeking five life sentences without the possibility of parole. USA Radio News. America's military is under attack from the woke anti-Christian far left. Even our top generals are ignoring the threat. Now, Grant Stinchfield exposes the real dangers. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax. Stinchfield and Newsmax are telling you the truth about the far left's real agenda and Joe Biden's policies. That's why millions are tuning into Stinchfield and Newsmax. And Newsmax is the only major news network carrying President Trump's rallies live. Newsmax is on all major cable systems. If your operator doesn't carry it, call them, tell them you want it, or you can switch. Watch Newsmax on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Plus, download the free Newsmax app on your phone and start watching now. Newsmax has become one of America's biggest news networks, as Americans like you switch to a trusted news source. Every weeknight, watch great shows with Grant Stitchfield, Greg Kelly, Cortez and Pellegrino, Rob Schmidt, and a lot more. Newsmax is real news. Watch it. It only sounds like something out of Buckaroo Banzai. U.S. Special Forces are ready to begin clinical trials on a pill that may inhibit or reduce some of the effects of aging and injury. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau explains. It's all part of the military's effort for improved human performance that will delay aging, but it also prevents onset to injury. Navy Commander Tim Hawkins tells us the pill could enhance mission readiness. Essentially, we're working with uh, leading industry partners and clinical research institutions to develop a nutraceutical uh, in the form of a pill that is suitable for a variety of uses by both civilians and military members. This anti-aging pill could one day improve performance characteristics that typically decline as we grow older. SOCOM and Metro Biotech are set to start clinical trials during the 2022 federal fiscal year, which starts October 1st. USA Radio News. All 
right. Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Talking about the general welfare clause of the United States of America. They've literally perverted it. It's the problem in modern day. They want you to believe if I get a better job that somehow it generally benefits the welfare of the country on a general nature. That's a lie, ladies and gentlemen. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 of the Constitution talks about the general welfare. That doesn't even mean state against state. That's a dishonest local reality. States cannot benefit the whole general. All right, Biden wants to expand the tax child credit completely bogus. He's using the general welfare clause to say that it'll, it'll reduce poverty. That's a lie. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that voluntary Christian charity versus forced government welfare. True generosity involves choice, not coercion, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that reality, would you please? And we're talking to Chris Carlson about this, and you ended talking about the difference there and charity. Chris, continue, please, sir. Another thing about charity, when it's given directly, Sam, we need to talk about this. Um, the receiver gets 100% of the intended gift. So if I, I can go to my neighbor's house and give him $100 if he's been out of work for a while, and that will benefit him 100%. If the government gives him that same $100, do you think that... Uh, all of the money that we pay into the government for that purpose and taxes will be uh, received by the recipient? Of course not. And there's a bucket analogy that Ezra Tapp Benson uses, and I'll just go ahead and read that to illustrate this important principle. He says, I am sure we have all heard the analogy about carrying water in a leaky bucket. Attempting, attempting to carry water in a bucket with a hole in it is very much like trying to carry tax money from local and state sources to the federal government in Washington and then back again. In both cases, when the destination is reached, a goodly amount has been lost on the way. Um, you know, that's one aspect that renders federal assistance inefficient when it should be administered at the very worst case scenario, Sam, at the state level. And I don't even agree with that. I think it, it could be and should be as it was for the first 100 years of this country's existence at the church level, at the individual level, at the charitable organization level. And what you'll see, Sam, is uh, under those scenarios, people will, be, will then be held accountable by the giver or the giver's agent uh, of whoever represents that church or that uh, charitable organization. The recipient will then have to look in the eye, the giver of that gift, and account for why that individual has uh, found him or herself in that situation, which is one of the most therapeutic things, uh, you know, when one wants to recover and become, again, self-sufficient, you know. But if, if I get it from a nameless, disinterested bureaucrat who really doesn't have a vested interest in me becoming self-sufficient, because if too many people become self-sufficient, that bureaucrat might lose his or her job. So they, they kind of have a vested interest in um, people becoming more needy and more people becoming needy, et cetera, et cetera, which is a perverse incentive, which we call moral hazard. And you've, you've talked about moral hazard, I know, on your show. So the government um, uniquely has, has been put in this situation, Sam, now that it has determined that it can misinterpret Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 of the Constitution incorrectly now it has been put in this position where it actually benefits from more people being put on welfare. And that type of moral hazard uh, is going to eventually lead to the destruction of this nation. Because as Margaret Thatcher once said, 
one of the problems with um, socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. And um, even though we do have the printing press and we do have the, the petrodollar, eventually we can inflate ourselves into a situation where our money will become relatively useless. Foreign nations will cease to invest in our T-bill, Sam. Uh, they will, in fact, divest themselves of our T-bills, creating massive double-digit inflation. And then what are we going to do? I, mean, I think we're seeing the beginnings of that today with, with some of the inflation that we're, we're seeing, which is... Uh, which is increasing over what we've experienced, uh, at least in my lifetime. And uh, it's just a vicious cycle, Sam, that we need to get a hold of. And we need, to, we need to, to set parameters. And those parameters actually already have been set in the Constitution. The problem, Sam, is that we have misinterpreted the Constitution to the point where our perception of reality is now distorted. And when your reality becomes distorted, it is a lot easier for you to justify solutions that actually don't address the problem, but exacerbate the problem. Now we've got this $300 a month tax credit that Joe Biden is going to be handing out to all families. And most families, Sam, unfortunately, will readily accept that money thinking, well, why not? I need the money. <laughs> not realizing that the more and more, um, the more and more we pile on solutions that were actually the problems that got us in this situation to begin with, the more and more we exacerbate the problem and the more and more we need these temporary band-aids band to solve the problem that was created in the beginning by the solution. Clear as mud? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson pointed out a term that I wanna make sure people understand. What is moral hazard, you asked? Definition, moral hazard is a situation in which one party gets involved in a risky event, knowing that it is protected against the risk and the other party will incur the cost. So the one group, Congress or the president or whatever, uh, they realize that, hey, they can get into a situation, but you know what? The taxpayer will take care of all the costs. They're, in other words, shielded from the rewards and the penalties of such action, right? It arises when both the parties have incomplete information about each other, all right? And so the general welfare clause now, when you drive a truck through it, these congressmen and senators and, and presidents and others that spend ourselves into oblivion over this, uh, driving a truck through this general clause, they know they won't be responsible if it doesn't go well, if it bleeds the treasury dry, if it betrays the people, because they'll be out of office tomorrow and, well, they're not personally liable. So moral hazard is, economically speaking, when one group says, hey, I can do something and I don't have to bear the consequences of that choice at all, the other party will take care of it. Thus, the taxpayer on the hook every time. Moral hazard is created when the vaccine companies don't have to take responsibility for, for when vaccines go wrong. We have the taxpayer take the heat for that, too. This has been happening since 1986 and has cost the taxpayers more than $4 billion to date. And that's the uh, very few cases that even get reported. So moral hazard is simply when one, one party can take action and not have any consequences. Somebody else, the other party, is dumped on for that response, for that uh, um, consequence. Okay, it's, it's when people don't have full information about the other party. Uh, it's dishonest. And so because of the violation of the general welfare clause, 
What we really need to return to is appropriate and proper education on this topic. It does not mean you can generally do anything you want to because, by golly, it relates to everybody. The general welfare clause was intentionally put, out, put forward to say, hey, when something relates to the whole nation equally, then there's justification uh, for that expenditure if it's defined in the Constitution as a legitimate expenditure. Otherwise, it's off the table. But we've now determined it applies to anything and everything. Uh, and uh, this is a very serious violation that is literally, um, well, the moral hazard has created the greatest national debt any country in the world has ever seen. We're in uncharted waters uh, over this thing, uh, Chris, big time. And no one ever uh, has combined fake money with the moral hazard of manipulation of the general clause uh, to be in such debt as we Americans are in right now, sir. It's unprecedented in reality. And Sam, that is that is why John Adams wisely stated that this Constitution was made only for a wise and a religious people. And the, the less wise and the less religious, and I'm talking specifically Christianity that we become, Sam, uh, the more problems that, that we encounter because we, we lose our moral foundations. And I've got some biblical, I know I didn't send these to you uh, for the show notes, but I've got plenty of biblical quotes that basically... Um, establish that foundation that we should be following. Unfortunately, nowadays, Sam, uh, not too many people are reading the Bible, including Christians, I've noticed. Uh, you know, I can quote Bible scripture that I thought was pretty universally known and acceptance, known and accepted, excuse me, in the uh, Christian community, and people look at me like, oh, where's that located? <laughs> they don't either. I, I could quote the Communist Manifesto, and I know that people have, and claim that it was from the Bible, and people would shake their head and say, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and that, that's the dilemma that we find ourselves in. Um, so in 1 Timothy 5, 8, Sam, we read, If any provide not for his own house, excuse me, but if any provide not for his own, and specifically or especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. When we get back, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk a little bit more about this general welfare clause, how it relates to you and me, what the reality is. In other words, there's differences in government programs. We'll talk about that, too. Rapid City, South Dakota. Gateway to the historic monument at Mount Rushmore. Blue skies, open country, a friendly and healthy population, and Red Pill Expo 2021, June 5th and 6th at the Monument Convention Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. Can't make it to Rapid City? Not a problem. The expo will be live streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the expo and the university is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news. At each and every Red Pill Expo, truth seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works, a world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind. Mark your calendars and make your plans now to attend Red Pill Expo 2021. Get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term 
large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushwood, Chris Carlson, running out of time much faster than we want to talking about discussions of all things liberty, talking about the general welfare clause of the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. The general welfare clause, ladies and gentlemen, says some interesting things, but what is left out oftentimes from the discussions is this phrase right after a semicolon. Ready? But all duties... imposts and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States, Chris. This is a critical point to make here um, because when we talk about uniform, that's a very interesting uh, situation where it's being violated left and right under that reality check, right? Well, yeah. Well, the founding fathers apparently forgot to include income tax because they were really big on the income tax, weren't they, Sam? whereby the federal government not. could tax us. To, <laughs> I'm being facetious, of course. Yeah, not. Um, yeah, the uniformity was the, the, the watchword in, in that whole clause, Sam. If you read it, uh, if the government built a road, if the government uh, built a, established a military, if they uh, negotiated a trade agreement with a foreign nation, that benefited the entire nation collectively and not individually. And that was the federal government's role at that time. Obviously, we've perverted the Constitution to the point where the government now takes care of every need that we have, including a hangnail, if we should have that, (laughs) unfortunately. And people have been conditioned to accept that. And that is the problem. Therein lies the problem. The conditioning of the human mind, of the American perception of what role their government does and should play in their lives. And I have always felt that it is my responsibility to put food on the table for my family. It is my responsibility to make sure that they have clothing, shelter, education, transportation, entertainment. It is not the government's responsibility. There are extenuating circumstances. For example, when we are invaded by a foreign army that I individually cannot repel that without collective action and that collective action then should be orchestrated at the federal level or uh, establishing a monetary unit that we all recognize as being legitimate that's a legitimate role for the government but providing food clothing and shelter at the very worst sam that should be provided at the local level but never ever at the federal level because an institution that exists two thousand miles away from me is not intimately uh, aware of my individual circumstance enough to be able to provide that for me in a way that is meaningful, constitutional, and in accordance with God's laws. So 
Now, the purpose for That's me bringing up this general oh, welfare clause in terms of do all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform through the United States. That's a critical understanding of how they can get their money. And they're violating that, as you wisely point out, with the income tax. They intend that excise, the duties, and imposts uh, all really is a way to generally say, hey, let's tax everybody equally, okay, um, by bringing in the cost of goods and then putting a little small tax on it uh, or a duty or whatever else. It was a way to... to uh, Make sure that other countries behave themselves internationally when it came to appropriate trade, as opposed to government-subsidized dumping and manipulations. Uh, it was also designed to not put the taxes on the back of the taxpayers. Then all other taxes were supposed to be uniform, collected by the states, the constitutional republics, and then given to the general government based on good behavior and obedience to uh, the rule of law via the divisions of powers, constitutionally speaking. So this is important because if you understood how the general government was to get money to carry out its general welfare clause, you'd begin to understand that they would have very limited intentional funds for things that related to the nation as a whole, not things that related to individual states. In other words, the goal was not to pit people against one another. In other words, if you let the states pull down cash from the general government, then it's a competition between all 50 states or back then the 13 colonies to debate who should get the gravy. Okay, well, when we have this individual situation now, it's kind of like, hey, you know what? Let's have a bunch of kids so they'll give us a tax child credit. Let's, um, you know, this and that. And you're pitting Americans against one another. The general welfare clause was designed to say all things should be uniform, not only in the collecting of money for the cause, uh, but for the distribution of the benefits via the general welfare clause was not to pull the lever in the favor of few at the expense of the many. It was to generally take care of the stability and safety of the nation as a whole. And so this has been completely perverted today. But this idea of uh, uniform really relates to both sides of the equation. The collection and expenditure of money related to the Supreme Law of the Land, General Welfare Clause. Chris? Yes. Um, and we, you know, when we thought we talked about this last week, or was it the week before, we, when we talked about our government, <laughs> most people, you know, back before Franklin Delano Roosevelt was our president, thought about their state. You know, my government is the state of Utah. And very rarely did they ever hear anything from Washington, D.C., because the role that that institution played in our lives uh, was very minimal. And, but now it's, our, we, it's become our idol god, basically. We've talked about how idolatry has um, basically infiltrated into every aspect of our life, our political life, our entertainment, our, um, you know, wh where we get our money from. It's just gotten so much out of hand that, that, that we have, have the sense of entitlement. And the problem is uh, a sense of entitlement never maintains status quo, Sam. It, it always increases in its appetite. So once we get accustomed to receiving something from a particular source, we always expect that. And every succeeding generation increases in its appetite for what we, we've received so easily and so effortlessly. And uh, Cloward and Piv are you familiar with the Cloward and Pivens uh, method of overthrowing uh, the stability or the the financial foundation of our country, Sam? 
Do you know what that is? Do you, do uh, you know I don't know Francis? it by name. Let's Fox talk about it. Okay. See if I'm familiar with the principles. I, I, I think it's worth mentioning in passing at least because uh, Francis Scott Pivens was a socialist um, and then his partner, uh, Cloward, I can't remember the first name on that, but they were Colombian professors. And in the 1960s, they formulated basically a plot to overthrow um, the free institutions of this government by overwhelming the federal government with demands for charity, for uh, welfare. And uh, it looks as if they're being being uh, able to implement that plan because once once the federal government is incapable of satisfying the needs for the people, what you see happening now in Cuba will happen in America. Except uh, once the genie's out of the bottle, Sam, how are we going to put it back without a revolution? And that's exactly what they want. Because once they have their revolution, uh, they're, they they the powers that be in this nation, the bankers, uh, the corporations. Yeah, remember, Solinsky talked about this overwhelming of systems as well based on this welfare idea. And uh, mm -hmm. really, the problem is what we have is a misapplication of education uh, regarding what the welfare clause means, what it, the intention of it was, what the purpose was. They're literally exploiting the words and manipulating the words to try to make everything fly. What's happened as a result, though, is government has literally used this manipulation based on education relating to this to the point where, hey, the government's just expanded bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's no end to what they can come up with. So right now they say you need a tax credit because of the cocoa. Then they say we need to extend the tax credit at least through December. Then they say, well, we need to give a bigger handout, and eventually what they're pushing for is a manipulation of this clause to back into a universal basic income. Well, now we're full circle back to what Governor Bradford understood and learned very adeptly, which is, you know what? You can't give everybody everything because when you do by forced edict or mandate, what you create is a system that's designed to fail. The system can never hold up. And Governor Bradford learned this the hard way. Why can't we understand history and not repeat the negative side of history. We're going back with this universal basic income or the agenda by Joe Biden right to where we started, knowing full well, if we study history, that it will absolutely lead to failure, to starvation, uh, to no good uh, at all. But yet we somehow don't learn the lesson. And it's almost inevitable, Sam. I hate to be a defeatist in that sense. Um, I don't know. I know you're a very optimistic person, as am I. I try to be, yet I'm a very realistic person. Uh, I realize that the situation is not getting any better through fraud, through manipulation of the uh, corporately controlled media, uh, through basically uh, institutions like BlackRock being able to monopolize the entire uh the entire corporate world by subsuming all corporations under their control it's getting overwhelming so we really need at this point sam to 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 think locally to think individually to think in terms of families and neighborhoods and communities where we can affect change and we where hopefully we can maintain um at least a rudiment of prosperity so that when when the storm ever does get really bad that we can uh, endure it and ride it out 
and hopefully reestablish this nation upon the foundations that it originally was uh, intended to be founded upon, which are those Christian principles. I'd like to, if I could, in the remaining couple of minutes, read a couple of scriptures, and one is found in the very first book of the Bible, Sam. The very first commandment that God gave to Adam, Do you are you familiar with that commandment, Sam? Well, you could say, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and strength, right? Well, I'm sure that that was in there somewhere. In the Garden of Eden, God gave this commandment to Adam and Eve. He said, and this is in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verses 28, and God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And Sam, originally, I always looked at that scripture as being, well, those three things, being fruitful, multiplying, and replenishing the earth, that basically means have children, have children, have children. But then I, at closer observation, I realized being fruitful may mean um, to, to be productive, to be industrious, to provide a, a, a comfortable home for your wife, for your children. And then once you've established that comfortable home where you can provide for a family, and then you multiply, and then you replenish. So that was the very first commandment given to mankind uh, in the book of Genesis. And that ties into to what we've talked about. We have no right to take money from our neighbor. I have no right to pick up a gun, to go over to my neighbor and say, hey, I'm down and out, I've lost my job, you owe me um, at least an income until I can get back on my feet. And people may say, think that that's an absurd, I'm sorry, absurd analogy, Sam. But if you think about it, uh, the government actually does that on our behalf. With the threat of violent force, they actually take money from us through, through taxation, and then they redistribute it uh, through, through the system that they created. Uh, and that may not seem as, as bold or as offensive as that analogy that I gave you, but in essence, it's the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We're putting a gun to the taxpayer's head and saying, you must surrender up yes we are ladies and gentlemen we're flat out of time latest headline says this biden opens the back door to a universal basic income the hill via this child tax credit uh hand out of money that just started in july remember ladies and gentlemen moral hazard is when we replace voluntary christian charity with forced government welfare god save the republic